Good morning. From the newsroom of the Financial Times, today is Monday, March 11th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Today, the Bank of England tightens liquidity buffers before Brexit. Top UBS executives accuse the bank of using maternity leave as a reason for cutting women's bonuses. And Renault, Nissan, and Mitsubishi plan to establish a new leadership structure for their alliance. Then the FT's George Parker explains what to expect this week on Brexit. I'm Eric Krepke, and here's the news you need to start your day. The Bank of England has told some UK lenders to triple their holdings of easy-to-sell assets in the run-up to Brexit. The BOE said this will help lenders cope with the market meltdown forecast in the case of a no-deal Brexit later this month. Some lenders must now hold enough liquid assets to withstand severe stress of 100 days rather than the normal 30. That's under rules brought in late last year by the BOE's Prudential Regulation Authority. Banks are also being forced to model their balance sheets on the assumption that they won't be able to swap sterling for dollars. That's based on the situation from several days during the financial crisis, when some banks were shut out of being able to exchange currencies. The central bank is monitoring lenders' liquidity levels daily as the March 29th Brexit deadline gets closer. Experts predict that the tough requirements would be eased closer to March 29th if the likelihood of a no-deal Brexit increased, so lenders could draw on reserves they had amassed. The BOE has already predicted significant market volatility in the event of a no-deal Brexit, but the bank has pledged that UK banks have enough capital and liquidity to weather the worst scenarios, having £1 trillion of high-quality assets. And the FT reports that top women bankers at UBS have criticized the bank over its practice of using their maternity leave as a reason for imposing long-term cuts to their bonuses. Some of those women have resigned in frustration, foregoing promotions in at least two cases. Others have continued working for less pay than before they became mothers. One woman had her bonus reduced and rebased four times after having had four children. Another was informed that being a working mother was a, quote, lifestyle choice. UBS used that as an explanation to give her a lower bonus. More than a dozen women in the Swiss Wealth Management Unit have complained about the treatment they received when they took time off to have children. The women affected span the higher ranks of the core wealth management unit in Switzerland. UBS has been one of the more vocal banks about gender equality. The company pledged to address the issue more than a year ago, but some women continue to be affected. A spokesman for UBS told the FT that the Swiss lender takes the issue seriously. And the bank's global head of HR said any woman who felt her pay had been inappropriately affected should get in touch with him directly to correct any mistakes. And Renault, Nissan, and Mitsubishi plan to establish a new leadership structure for their alliance. The three carmakers are attempting to stabilize their relationships, which were upset when their former head, Carlos Ghosn, was arrested. Mr. Ghosn was the architect of the alliance. He'd been pushing for a merger to render the arrangement irreversible before his arrest. He was taken into custody in November on charges of financial misconduct at Nissan. The new plan for the alliance involves creating a joint board that'll be headed by the recently appointed chairman of Renault, Jean-Dominique Sennard. The new board will effectively replace the existing Dutch-based joint ventures between the three carmakers, one between Nissan and Renault, and another between Nissan and Mitsubishi. It'll be aimed at pushing closer integration throughout the alliance. The plan hasn't been approved yet, but people close to the companies said the new board could be announced as soon as Tuesday. Renault declined to comment, and Nissan and Mitsubishi couldn't immediately be reached for comment. And here's a closer look at a story we're following. 
pressure is mounting on Prime Minister Theresa May to save her Brexit deal. Brexit is set to happen in just a few weeks, on March 29th. Today, she'll travel to Brussels to try to get some concessions on the Irish backstop. That's the temporary customs agreement to avoid a hard border in Ireland. And on Tuesday, her withdrawal treaty will again face a vote in the House of Commons. The FT's political editor, George Parker, tells us what to expect this week. Really, this is the 11th hour, really, because she's got a vote scheduled in the House of Commons on Tuesday, a so-called meaningful vote asking MPs to ratify her deal. And she's trying to get the concessions she needs to bring her critics on board. And by her critics, I mean the conservative Eurosceptics in her own party and, of course, the Democratic Unionist Party as well. And the kind of concessions she wants are fairly simple. Basically, she needs to be able to assure her critics that Britain won't be trapped in the so-called Irish backstop, which is a temporary customs union intended to avoid a hard border in Ireland. Now, I say just that. It's a fairly limited demand in terms of its scope, but actually what she's asking has so far been far too much for Brussels to agree. So that's the nub of the problem she's facing this week. And what has Brussels said about what they're willing to concede about the backstop? So there's been a week of hard negotiations in Brussels. Essentially, the British are demanding the right to unilaterally exit from the Irish backstop And of course, people in Brussels will say, well, hang on a sec, the whole point about the backstop is an insurance policy against a hard border in Ireland. Therefore, you can't have a unilateral lockdown. The talks have continued over the weekend. So far, Brussels is not showing any sign of yielding on this key question. And the thing to watch out for, really, in the next couple of days is this, which is the British government needs something that can persuade the Attorney General, that's the government's top legal advisor, to change his advice to MPs. Now, the advice to MPs back in January was there was a risk that Britain could be indefinitely trapped in this backstop in the customs union against its will. So he needs to be able to go to the House of Commons and say that the legal changes I've secured in Brussels mean that there's no danger of that happening. If that happens, then I think there's a possibility that the Democratic Unionist Party, the Northern Ireland Party that props up Theresa May's government, could come on board and support the deal. And if that happens then I think it really is game on for the Prime Minister because I think at those circumstances, a number of the hundred or so Conservative MPs who voted against the deal last time will say, if it's good enough for the DUP, it's good enough for us. So there's a series of dominoes that need to fall for Theresa May to win. At the moment, there doesn't seem to be any sign of those dominoes falling at all. But as everyone always says, these negotiations always come down to last minute haggling. And as you said, her Brexit deal is getting closer to another vote in the House of Commons on Tuesday. What is different about the plan now as opposed to the last time it faced a vote? Fundamentally, it's the same deal. This deal, as you recall, was rejected by a record margin of 230 votes in January. Since then, the one thing that the government has done is they've made a number of offers designed to win over Labour MPs to support the deals by guaranteeing that Britain will maintain EU standards of Labour rights and employment rights in the workplace. So that is one change that's been made. But as I said, the fundamental change they're seeking is this guarantee that Britain can't be trapped in an arrangement against its will. What are the chances the House will support the plan? As it stands on Monday morning, the prospects for Theresa May getting her deal through are pretty limited, although we shouldn't discount the possibility of a last minute compromise taking shape. If the deal's rejected again on Tuesday, then Theresa May has warned that anything could happen that Brexit itself could be lost because if the deal is rejected, she's promised MPs another series of votes, one on whether Britain should leave the EU without a deal at the end of March. And I think Parliament will say, no, that can't be allowed to happen because it would be too economically damaging. And then a third vote on how long an extension of 
the Article 50 exit process should be countenanced. So some people talking maybe about a two or three month delay to Brexit to allow Britain more time to sort itself out. Now, if that happens, Brexiteers are worried that those two or three months could be used by opponents of Brexit to come up with alternative plans, maybe a second referendum to reverse Brexit, or at the very least, a softer form of Brexit, which might include Britain staying as part of the customs union and the single market, the so-called Norway option. So on the face of it, if you're a Eurosceptic MP, the pressure is very much on. At the moment, they're still in the trenches, refusing to come out and holding firm. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. Today, we'll be following the first part of Donald Trump's fiscal 2020 budget as he releases it to Congress. His plan for deep cuts to non-defense programs such as foreign education and the environment are expected to face fierce opposition in the Democratic House. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for all the latest business news. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.